0: Hello and welcome to the Greg Ferron podcast and today I have a special guest Louise Warboys who is going to tell you how to go from tubby to being a triathlete. I'm excited for this one. So Louise, great to have you. Thank you. Tell me more. Tell me more. Do an intro.
1: Do an intro. Okay. So I always believed that being in the fitness industry, I had to be really super strong and I... I don't know. I suppose my goals were always strength, strength-based. And I suppose I entered the fitness industry at a point where cardio was considered the devil and being like, you know, I worked in a gym. My personal trainers like, cardio? Oh no, we only lift weights. You know, I was new to the industry and I spent a lot of time listening to people, you know, the, in, the, the influences in the industry were all very much like anti-cardio. We don't want to do cardio. We don't, you know, don't, don't go to the treadmills. That's bad. Um. People don't, you know, people who are in great shape don't do cardio. They, you know, they they do lots of weights and they're strong and they pick heavy things up. So I kind of got into a like a powerlifting type of training programme. Um, and followed people who were very strength sport based. Um, and I loved it. Don't get me wrong, I loved it. And then I, I got injured, and I had a few niggly injuries and I spent a long time rehabbing mm-hmm. and I suppose over that. Over that point in time, my priorities about what fitness looked like for me changed massively. Uh, So it kind of went away from being able to pick up 150 kilos on a barbell to actually my body feels a bit broken. And if I had to run for a bus, I'd be in a whole world of trouble.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I get that.
1: Um, You know, so... And then I started listening to different, I suppose, I suppose my influence has changed a little bit. Um, and you know, the, the trend in the fitness industry probably influenced that a little bit. Um, and one of my friends was doing a triathlon and I'd always done a bit of cycling. So I was, I was all right on a bike, but not fast. I was all right on a bike. It was easier than running because you got to carry like 90 kilos of you around. It's a lot of effort. Whereas you can sit on a bike and it's just like turning your legs. It's not too hmm.
0: difficult.
1: Um, not that I'm saying cycling's easy. <laughs> no.
0: Gotta be but careful nowadays with what you say on social exactly, media,
1: right? yeah. I don't want to upset anybody. Cycling's not easy, but I was not bad on a bike. I'd done a couple of um, like longer endurance bike things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Over like part of my rehab was a little bit of cycling stuff. Um, yeah. so yeah, my my focus shifted for me on away from being able to just exert force over a barbell to, you know, I was more interested in how I was going to feel when I was 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. Um, one of my friends entered this triathlon. She was really nervous about the cycling leg. Uh, she said to me, she's like, oh, I'm really scared about cycling on roads and stuff. It's like, oh, well, you know, if they've got space, I'm not a bad swimmer. I swam as a kid. Um, I would like, competition swimming as a kid. So not bad at swimming. Um, she was really nervous about cycling. I was like, well, you know, if they got space, then I'll come and join you. Hmm. She goes, okay, it's tomorrow. Okay. Oh, all right. Then. Um, so i got a bike. I didn't have any, like, triathlon kit. I rolled up to – I nipped to our – we've got a decathlon near, nearby us. Yeah. Um, I nipped down to decathlon in the afternoon, bought myself a triathlon suit, cost me £22.
0: Nice. Um,
1: came home, was like, right, I suppose I better clean my bike. Bike got cleaned. And then off we went. And I'm thinking, shit, I've got to run two and a half kilometers at the end of this. It was only a little thing. I think it was, it might have been like a 400 meter swim, a 20K bike, and then maybe a two and a half K run. So not far, only little. Um, but I'm just like, bad, I'm going, I don't know if I can run two and a half K. Mm-hmm. That's far.
0: That is far. I can look.
1: Two and a half K, a half K is far.
0: I can just about walk down the road at the minute. Like I can just get to the top of the road right now. So two and a half K at this minute in time for me.
1: Okay. But you've only got one leg, right? One, yeah,
0: fun- one, One and a half, one and a half.
1: Yeah. One and a half legs, one function leg. Um, well, I might as well have only had one functioning leg that day. Um, so I turned up, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, it was, it was a really nice, easy, user-friendly event. And um, so, you know, everybody's kind of like, oh, you just need to put your bike over there. And then when you get out of the pool, you're going to run from here with no shoes. On. I'm like, run with no shoes. Um, run to your bike, get on your bike. Then here's where you're going to cycle, The course all marked out. Then you're going to come back. And then here's the way you're going you're to put your bike back here. Then you're going to go and run. Literally, I had no idea what I was doing. Um, the bike bit was all right. The run sucked. And I got home and I sat pondering over a cup of tea going, hmm. I'm going to enter an Ironman. Oh, wow. And that was what I did. Awesome. Well, I say that I entered a half Ironman. So an Ironman 70.3, um, which is obviously half the distance of a full Ironman for those people who are going to get emotional about the fact that it wasn't a proper Ironman. So I didn't do a whole one. Um, and I thought well, that's, that's a big, like for me, my goals have always had to be scary enough that I respect them enough. Yep. So, you know, it, the nights before entering a triathlon was a little bit frightening, but going from, okay, that was all right. That was okay. I'm going to enter some more stuff because I liked, I enjoyed the challenge, even though I was pretty rubbish at the run. And I I don't know how long the run took me, mm. but I would wager I wasn't very quick. Um And then I signed up for a half marathon and a half Ironman. And some other like littler triathlons just to practice the going between the between the stages. Yep. Um and so I, I took up running did the catch 5k. Great mm. program if anybody wants to start running. Um if you've got a base level of fitness, week one's too easy. But you know, I would always I would always say start at the beginning because you know those like knees and ankle things need to your knees and ankles need to be stronger in order to the
0: lower back as well, yeah.
1: yeah. Especially, especially for people who are on the chunkier side you know starting running is is a you know it's a great thing i'd advocate anybody do it but just going out and starting running your my background in strength sport has massively helped me with with like my injury rate because my knees my ankles my hips are reasonably robust yeah and from years and years of picking stuff up um, and doing you know lots of heavy squats heavy deadlifts heavy presses lots of core work you know so when i started running I didn't fall down the injury trap that I see a lot of people fall down. So no. that's, one, that's kind of one big thing I was trying to tell everybody when they go into triathlon is like, you know, don't, don't just jump straight into running. Make sure you've done some stuff. You know, even like get a skipping rope and skip in your garden for five minutes yep. over a couple of weeks just to strengthen up your knees, your hips, your core stability, your balance, Obviously. all of that sort of stuff because yep. it's a lot of repetitive yep. movement stuff. Um, and definitely take up some sort of strength training to bulletproof your joints a little bit. Um so anyway, so I did the catch five K thing, that was fine. Um entered a half marathon, which I think took me two hours forty one minutes to run. Wow, okay. Dangerously slow. Does it matter? No, 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 it doesn't matter. And when I got over the finish line, I well, I you you say I ran a half marathon. Everybody who came with me that day said it was more like a shuffle. Right, okay. I was just determined I wasn't gonna stop.
0: Just one foot in front of the other, right?
1: Yeah, so i didn't the couch to 5K, and I'm like, right, I'm going to run a half marathon now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, so turned up 2 hours 41 minutes. I was really I was really pleased. Like, I was absolutely elated with 2 hours 41 minutes. I was stoked. I thought, okay, well, I've made it 13 miles. I know now that I can cover the distance that sits at the end of the Ironman, like the half Ironman run. Um, all right, swimming, because, you know, like I said, I swam competition stuff when I was a kid, so swimming didn't worry me. Yeah. Um, Swimming wasn't my concern. It was the run that worried me. And then, obviously, it's a long old day of you swim, then you bike, then you run.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I, I did some base fitness work. Then I got myself a coach. Um, and my sole goal was, by the end of this year, I would like to not hate running. Because I hated it. It was a means to an end. And I challenged myself to do it. Um, but I absolutely hated it. So I got a coach who programmed me some cycling stuff. And then it got to, it got to probably about March time and I thought, right, I better attempt some open water swimming because Man, all the triathlons i have done were all pool swimming.
0: Right.
1: Right. I'll go and do some open water swimming. Turned up. Easy. Thought I'm going to get, going to get in the water and I'm just going to go swim. Like I've been doing in the pool for the last six months.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I got in the water and had a near, near, it's the closest I think I've ever come to having a panic attack. Wow. So cold I couldn't breathe.
0: Yeah, why would you do that? Why would you want to go in that type of oh making me cold, face. think about it? I
1: couldn't put my face in the water. Every time I put my face in the water, I was like <gasps> you Can't breathe, panic, you can't breathe, panic. Not surprised. Right. So then I, I got out after like this first I remember I think I remember posting on Facebook like I thought I could swim. Shit, I can't swim. We have a problem. Mm. Uh, how am I gonna swim like a mile and a half in open water? when I've been in the water for approximately an hour and managed about 300 metres. Oh. It was devastating. So I'm I'm there, like there's all these really pro, like professional looking guys with their, their really impressive swim hats on from all the races they've done and there's me doing like old lady breaststroke with my head above the water like this. Buggy <gasps> <A donkey> paddle. <laughs> so I got out of the water and felt really, really, really shit and defeated. Anyway, I went back like week after week after week, and it did get easier. got easier as the water got a little bit warmer as well. Yeah. Um, I found stuff like earplugs really helped because I felt really dizzy and disorientated. Um, oh, I also don't like fish. Why? They, I don't know. They just make me a little bit uncomfortable. Like, okay. I'm fine with swimming, and I'm fine with open water swimming, but when, if you see a fish in the water, I'm like, is it a shark? Is it going to get me? Um, <laughs> so when you go and swim in a lake, there's lots of fish,
0: mm. um,
1: and then somebody told me I need to be prepared for jellyfish, which I'm really scared of. um When you swim in the sea,
0: I'm like, course, oh, yeah. No.
1: yeah, well, that's, that's,
0: that makes sense, yeah.
1: Yeah, so I'm like, right, okay, fair enough. So getting over the swimming thing was a massive thing for me, mm. um massive, massive, massive thing. Because in my head, I was like, oh I can swim, I can swim, this one we know by the swim will be no practice in the pool, practicing the pool, practicing the pool. Turn up the note what swim I was like? Oh, can't swim. Um, Weymouth. The eye I entered was a sea swim.
0: Right. Yeah. Jellyfish.
1: The jellyfish. Um. And then you know the running stuff. It was just about turning up, putting in the effort. And as I got lighter, I didn't get lighter because I was running. I got lighter because I was dieting really hard. Just to be clear on that.
0: Can I? Can I just jump on that?
1: Yeah. Go for it.
0: Say it again for people.
1: I didn't get lighter just because I went running a lot. And just because I cycled a lot and just because I swam a lot. Because you can still put weight on doing all of those things if you eat like a dickhead. I like it. So I was dying really, really hard. Um, you know, my my aim was to get to probably... I was about 90 kilos, I think, when I decided... No, I wouldn't. I, maybe I was heavier than that. Maybe I was 92 kilos. Something something in there. Yep. 19 change.
0: Um,
1: when I decided I was going to take on this, like, Ironman thing. And I was... I don't know. I think I'd have been pretty, st- I think in my head, I was like, if I get to 75 kilos to race, I'll be pretty happy. And mm. um, because 15 kilos is a decent amount of weight to shift. And, um, and still the other thing I've got, like it's my coach, in my ear going, you need to feel your performance, you need to feel your performance, you need to feel your performance because his goals were to get me to, you know, go faster, to turn oh. up and do quicker. Yeah. So he's like, Oh, you need to eat this. You need to eat this. So, so it wasn't a case of when I say I was dieting really hard, I wasn't eating 1200 calories a day. No, you know, I was sitting somewhere around about the seventeen, eighteen hundred calories on like low volume days and then up to somewhere like two, two, two and a half thousand calories on really high volume days. Yeah. So definitely, definitely, definitely was not dieting on twelve hundred calories a day. Um because that's rubbish. And there's miserable. no reason to do it unless you're yeah. like a 40 kilo woman. Um it's just poo. So yeah, diet really, really hard, process was you know, as diet and processes go, you know, you just kind of have to suck it up. Um and diet, diet is pretty diet's pretty challenging. One of the things that really stuck with me was something that came out of James Clear's um, atomic habits book. So oh, yeah. so adopting the personality or the persona of the type of thing you are doing.
0: Yeah.
1: So so in my head, I'd gone from a McDonald's eating power lifter, who was really strong, to okay in my head now I'm a triathlete so i'm going to eat like a triathlete so i'm going to you know i'm and that and that i think was how i overcame a lot of you know so all through my life i struggled with like weight things comfort eating emotional eating all that sort of shit so so i had to find a way to get from where i was to where i wanted to get to yep um and that that one thing that came out of that atomic habits book that really that really kind of hit home or it might not even have been out of Atomic Habits. It might have been before Atomic Habits. It might have been a, web show, a webinar I'd been on. Um, but, you know, the, the thing that he said was adopting the persona of the thing that you're doing helps to kind of just siphon out all the noise. Um, so I ate like a triathlete, you know. Right. It, it wasn't an exciting diet. I did the same thing day in, day out because it worked. Consistent, it, right? It's consistent, but it saved me brain power.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: you know, and everybody goes, oh, that must have been so boring. Like, nah, I bought different flavoured rice some days.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but that's a really good question, right? That's a really good thing because a lot of people say, oh, eating healthy is boring. But let's be honest, most people, if you look back at their receipts for the last 10 years, they eat the same things anyway.
1: Yeah, most... I, I can't read a statistic somewhere that most people gravitate around the same 30 foods. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, I... I've always been a big fan of intermittent fasting. So I historically don't eat breakfast. Um, I would pick up something like a bagel or eggs or beans on toast or something for lunch, pre-training. Um, training in the afternoon because that's when my, like, my downtime is. And then I'd have something like rice and vegetables. And I was a vegetarian at that point. And um, so I was eating corn, like a lot of corn. Rice and vegetables and like a corn thing. Um, not because I want to be Mo Farah. Um, although I'd like to run that quick. Uh so anyway, weight loss continued, training continued. There were days that sucked really hard. Turned up to Weymouth on race day. Oh no, turned up to Weymouth the week before to go for a swim in the sea. Yeah. First time I'd ever swim in the sea, a week before I was racing. So I I had a chat, I joined a Facebook group of like sea swimmers who were really, really helpful. They gave me loads and loads of advice. But I'm like, I'm gonna drive down to Weymouth today. I'm going to swim in the sea, I'm going to, then I'm going to get out, and I'm going to do the bike course, and then I'm going to drive home. That was the plan. So, drove down. I went twice, actually. I did the bike course a separate day. I was originally going to do it both the same day. Um, and I met this guy who was part of this Facebook group, and he was like, I'll just take you for a swim across the bay. And it was really, really calm. It looked like a lake. It was really, really smooth. So, we swam out, turned around, swam back. About halfway back, I started to feel really seasick. Oh, I was like, oh no, I didn't factor this in. And it was really calm. Yeah. So it was, like, it was like the motion of the water. Even though it wasn't big waves, it, yeah. I, was, I was properly dizzy. By the time I got out of the sea, I was like,
0: Oof. there's the motion of the ocean.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, it's really clear. You can see the bottom, which I don't necessarily think helped because you could kind, you were kind of bobbing along. You could see like different stuff passing by. Um, so anyway, got out of the sea. Um, felt like a little bit. Off off kilter. Um I turn up, I got a wetsuit, like like a proper pro triathlete now for all the kit. Um uh, this guy turns up in like a pair of swim trunks. I'm like, I feel like pansy <laughs> now. He's like, What do you need that for? I'm like, well I'm gonna race in it next week. I've only swimming, it's twice.
0: Yeah. Trying to get you um, to
1: yeah, you know, the, the guys at Hoover have been brilliant because I went in when I um when I first first needed a wetsuit and I started open water swimming. And I was like, Look, here's a plan. I'm gonna lose 15 kilos,
0: mm-hmm.
1: I need a wetsuit for now, but I need a I need a new wetsuit, and at like 400 quid a go, you just don't want to buy one that's not going not, to not be any use. Yeah, um, cool. And he was like, look, if you get, if, I think he I think he didn't believe me when I turned up and said, I'm going to do this stuff, and he was like, if you get to where you want to get to and your wetsuit's too big, bring it back and I'll swap it. Nice. So, <laughs> I was like, I, I walked back in to swap my wetsuit, he went, Shit, you weren't kidding. <laughs> so I got my new wetsuit. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so I turned wetsuit went for a swim. Um, although the the water was beautifully calm, um, I still felt a little bit off. So, but at least I knew to be prepared for that. So I got myself some travel sickness tablets. I thought, uh, yeah, travel sickness tablets because I thought, well, at least on race day, I mm. can pop a couple of them and hopefully I'll be all right. Don't want to get off and be like this. I'm wobbling about like a fish on my bike when I finish. Uh, turned up to Weymouth two days before the race, and the sea looked very angry. So when I swam in it, it was like a pond. When I turned up ready to race, the waves were like two, three foot high. I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's a new problem. So it was really windy. The waves were massive. The sea looked really angry. Mm-hmm. So that was a whole new that was a whole new experience. But Anyway, turned up, raced. It was a great day. I had an absolute whale all the time. Um, They shortened the swim because the weather was horrific. Yep. And the bike leg was brilliant. Met loads of lovely people. Some proper arseholes as well, mind. Um, Guys don't like being overtaken by a woman, I've discovered. It's
0: our male pride. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, Turn up, race. uh, fell over, split my knee and my nose open (laughs) three miles into the half marathon. Ouch! Um, Tripped over
0: safety barrier. Oh dear.
1: Um, and it was a dead turn, so it was like a proper hairpin turn. Yeah. So then, every, and it was a was it three laps? I think it was a three lap. No, it must have been a four lap course. So every time I ran back, the, the marshals were like, "Yeah, you're still going." There was blood pouring <laughs> out my face, There's blood pouring out my leg. I broke my shoe. Um, but you're not allowed to accept any help on course. So like, my yeah. partner was there. My little girl was there. Mum and dad were there. Mm-hmm. So. My, some of the members of our gym came down. And so everybody's like, oh, do you want a tissue or a wet wipe? I'm like, I can't take anything off you, otherwise I get disqualified. As I'm laid on the floor, like with blood pouring out my face, they're like, oh, let's get her a paramedic. She needs to go home. I'm like, absolutely not. I've that trained does. a year for this. Get me back up and I will finish it. So my, at the end of my Ironman, my half marathon took me two hours, 31 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so slightly faster than my first one, but, yep. you know, but I had a great day and then I went and ate loads of food and it was wicked. Um, and then obviously COVID happened. So this year I haven't raced at all. Mm-hmm. But I had entered a full Iron distance event in July. Nice.
0: Um,
1: and going, I was going back to Weymouth in September, uh, both of which things didn't happen. Yes. So I've rebooked Weymouth for next year. I haven't booked the full Ironman again yet.
0: Nice. So for anyone listening, and I think we have very similar women that we coach as well. I guess there's kind of four or five things that really stuck out to me about the whole journey. Mm-hmm. Number one was act as if the, the person that you want to be or the persona. Yeah, definitely. Number two, um, basically just JFDI, just get on with it. Like stop talking, get on with it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That, that's a mass, that was a massive thing, you know, that when you're training for a three-discipline sport – Mm-hmm. Like, I, I saw a t shirt um, not all that long ago that said, Triathlon, because why suck at one sport when you can suck at three? Um, <laughs> you know, there's that you get up in the winter and you go, I don't want to go out on my bike because it's cold and it's wet. Or I don't want to go for a run stage, it's a bit windy and I didn't really feel like it. Mm-hmm. And every single training session is, you know, it's all a piece of the puzzle. So, yes. you know, I wanted to turn up knowing that I might not have been, I might not have been the best athlete on the day. Because I never was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to know that nobody worked harder than I did before I got there. Yep. like I didn't miss stuff. I didn't skip stuff. Um, I turned up and did, did the work that I said I was going to do. Because I'd only been disappointed with myself. If I skipped a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, we all, have, we all have weeks where things go horribly wrong and we have to reschedule stuff. Um, but I wanted to turn up knowing that I'd worked as hard as I could. Yep. Um, to, to be the best I could be on on the day that I raced, I suppose. Um, so that I could have a nice day
0: no that makes sense totally and there's something else you just said about the consistency and just being like a metronome almost
1: yeah yeah you know I was really fortunate that I once I'd got like a base level of fitness and I could I could run and I could swim I then I employed a coach who knew little bit more about you know triathlon so I bought a couple of books and sat and done my own research because you know once you know about fitness you know about fitness right but I didn't know how to get loads better at running yep um I didn't know how to be more efficient at running I didn't know how to be more efficient at cycling um and those things I you know I went out of a cycling coach a couple times and then my triathlon coach just programmed stuff for me so it was it took the thought process out of like oh what should I do today yeah. I feel like maybe going for a run maybe I should cycle because when, when you think like that you know so I'm coachless at the minute because I'm not I'm not training for anything specifically as I'm as I am at the minute is like I get up and I go ah I feel like a run today yeah well last week I felt like running all week and I didn't feel like cycling so I did one bike session which is fine for now because I'm maintaining fitness but if I continued like that I'd get to the middle of next year and be like shit I'm not very good at biking. I'm really good at running today. You know, obviously I haven't swum because the pool's not, pools and
0: stuff. (laughs) Yeah.
1: So I can't swim. So it's a, it's a choice of running cycling and strength based stuff. Um, of which I do still love lifting things. I just can't lift as heavier things as I used to be able to. Yeah. Because there's a whole bunch less of me and it's been less of a priority Mm -hmm. and it's about kind of making sure I'm not injured rather than,
0: but I think that's a really important thing. I think, at the beginning, you mentioned about the fitness industry all of a sudden just became this like you had to lift weights all of the time. Yeah, cardio. No, we don't do cardio.
1: Yeah, I remember a, a meme thing that was like a picture of um the Lion King and it said, like, Look, Simba, that's the cardio section, we don't go there. And I was like, That pretty, pretty well summed up the fitness industry when I got into it. Um, or certainly, the I'm not saying those voices. Weren't there people were talking about fitness and health and, and longevity of like being an all-round fit, healthy human? But they certainly weren't as loud as the, you know, the influences of people who are going, you must be strong, you must lift weights. Yep. You know? And it might just be that I landed in a commercial gym, but having spoken to lots of people who who worked in fitness around that time, they they, they kind of all share that ethos. You know, bodybuilders do cardio when they get ready for a show. That's it. Yeah. You know, they walk on a treadmill with their hood up and their earphones in.
0: And that's the problem, I think, that the, the general public are seeing all of this and they just yeah. see these trends and actually they just go full circle.
1: Yeah. The fitness industry goes round and round and round in circles. Um, but then, you know, people look to the most jacked guy in the gym and the most jacked guy in the gym doesn't do cardio unless he's cutting for a show. And then he does it with his hood up and his headphones on. So you see a whole bunch of people who are a little bit overweight with their hoods up and their headphones on, like walking on the treadmill <laughs> and any holding arms, holding arms the thing. Yeah, I'm treadmilling and inclined, holding. I was thinking, you're just like,
0: ah, <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, don't
1: just do it because he's doing it. Listen to, you know, look at what you're doing, and don't walk on a treadmill in the gym. Go outside.
0: Yeah, that. Yeah, I, I never understood that.
1: If you're gonna go for a walk, get out. Yeah. Out the door, walk. Yeah. You're gonna go for a run. Get up. Get outside. If you can. If the weather's howling, I'll do. You know, like I'll do. Treadmills have got their uses. I'll do interval work on my treadmill because it's easier than. Trying to navigate like traffic lights and crossing roads and people. You, know, you want to run for 200 metres and you're like, oh shit, I've got a crossroad. I'm only at 194 meters, that ruined that rep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll I will I will do some interval stuff um and I'll do some heart rate based stuff on the treadmill, so like long slower. Um but yeah, treadmills, treadmills have a place and it's not for walking. Get outside. Go
0: do. Exactly. I never understood the walk on the treadmill, but yeah, like you say, they ha- they all have their place. Yeah. Um so the other thing then you mentioned was, and this is a really big one for the kind of ladies we look after, is that you didn't lose weight just because you were running lots. No. Like, why do you think people believe that?
1: Uh, because they see skinny people run.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You, you know, more often than not, the people that you see who are running are slim. People that, no, let me, let me rephrase that massively, actually. People that you see who look like they're having an easy time of it running are lighter so i would still now not describe me as a runner mm-hmm. um, i don't have a runner's physique i'm short and stumpy um, i tell everybody that i've got too much i've got too much thigh to be like a, a good long distance runner um, but you know when you see like long lean people running they're not necessarily jacked but they're slim yeah you know i wouldn't necessarily say they're toned you know mm-hmm. using using the t word I wouldn't necessarily say they were they were like super toned, but they're you know they're long and lean, or they're short and short and quite lean, but they're always very petite. So yeah. when you see people running, I think it creates that perception that all runners look like that. Yeah. So and and we all you know if you follow enough runners on social media, you'll see so you'll see them same as like fitness professionals. You go, oh look what I've eaten today, and this dirty great big burger thing. Yeah and then people get the perception that runners can eat that way so they're like oh i'll take up running because then i can still eat like a dickhead and i can still eat my takeaway and it'll all be alright it won't it won't you have to stop eating like a dickhead if you want to lose weight you have to address the the social media shit like the social media bubble, you have to address the emotionally eating crap that goes along with why, where you are right now. You have to address the behaviors that underpin, you know, the way that you are. And you have to take responsibility for yourself. And you have to kind of look in the mirror and go, you did it. You've got to fix it. Nobody yep. did it for you. You know, I as a coach, you as a coach can't go, okay, you're skinny now because you turned up and did one gym session this year. If I could, I would be a friggin' millionaire, man.
0: Well, I don't know, you know, because someone would have stolen your secret. That's true. And made it more sexier and gone.
1: Yeah, I can do it it
0: half a day, whereas Louise can do it in a whole day.
1: Yeah, true story. I could do it a little bit quicker than you can. I didn't take any magic pills. I didn't take any magic potions. I didn't drink any meal replacement shakes. I did the things I said I was going to do consistently enough that the things happened the way I wanted them to. Um, you know I stood on the scales every morning I know the scales are a bit of a contentious one but for me the accountability of stepping on the scales and working out my weekly average weight was really important, mm-hmm. it was a really important process and um, again when I'm coaching people I would go one of two ways I kind of go don't do it every week do it every month or do it every day
0: I think the scales I I, I think the problem with scales is that everyone looks at them in just in isolation yeah Um. And I think that's the real problem. It's almost like, this is the one that really gets me is when you hear people talk about tracking your food as being obsessive and yep. all this stuff. Yep. So then people come to you going, I don't want to track my food. Okay. And yeah, obviously there's people that have had bad experiences and maybe eating disorders. Fair yep. enough. Okay.
1: They belong in their own. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we're that's the difference
1: We're not talking about people with eating disorders here. We're talking about like general population people who want to lose weight. Let's, the eating disorders let's leave them to the specialists
0: yeah but in that same thing they come in and like, i don't want to yeah eat my food yeah and i'm like where did you hear that from oh well you know shelly down the road said it's obsessive and you're like well yeah, yeah you haven't done it yet is that has that happened to you before
1: oh god yeah i you know i always go to people well do you look at your bank statement do you try what you spend because if you spend like you eat you'd be overdrawn Money.
0: Like Get a high five for that one.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> you know, the same with me and standing on the scales, right? So I look at my bank balance and go, I can't afford to go on a £3,000 holiday this weekend.
0: Yep.
1: And um, same as I'll stand on the scales and I track my food and I go, well, I can't afford to eat the entire box of mint pies that I can see just there. Yeah. Because I don't have a spare 850 calories, you know? And it helps you hold yourself accountable. So you can make informed decisions. The thing I like about tracking is you can make really informed decisions rather than just winging it. So I have a load of people who don't track their food who train with me. Um, and that's absolutely fine. So long as they're addressing the habits and stuff that underpin the, underpin the eating things. You know, So we talk about like eating a portion of vegetables and eating plate size and portion size. And, and that's all cool but doesn't it doesn't necessarily work for me because i've always had a pretty big appetite um you know i i can eat i always have been able to eat i'm not you know i'm not a picky fussy fatty eater i'll try anything um and you know for for a little while i used food as a big comfort thing um you know and i lived on my own for a bit um, as a single parent and I'm not using that as an excuse in any way shape or form but you know like you come in and you oh, I can't really be bothered just to cook for me mm-hmm. before I think about like now I think about well I'll just cook four meals and then I've got four days of dinner sorted whereas before it was like oh you know I get in from work late um, how I got overweight in the first place to be fair I, I worked in retail I had a really busy job I'd get in about seven o'clock yeah oh, I really can't be asked to cook now I'll just ring and get pizza because that will be quicker than cooking and the penny dropped for me one night as I'm sat waiting for my pizza to come from like, I don't know, half a mile down the road. And it took 45 minutes. I'm like, I could have been to Tesco, come home and cooked a stir fry in 10. Yeah, And I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe you need to look at this a bit different. Yep. Um, so, you know, banned myself from the takeaway for a bit. But that was, we're talking 10 years ago now, before, you know, before I got into triathlon, I was still, I was still, chunky but back then I was like really really overweight there's some horrendous photos I mean like 110 kilos ish
0: ish. okay but that that reframe is really important I think for people to to do more often
1: yeah definitely
0: I mean you go and just eat and that it takes you look at it it's like it's going to be an hour before you get your food
1: yeah You can I- like an eight course dinner in an hour yeah you know if you cook the right stuff, and you, you know, you're quick. And it, you, can, you can make loads of healthy food really quick. You can make loads of healthy food really cheap. Like, one of my big bugbears is eating healthy. so expensive.
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is. It's loads more expensive than ordering a £15 pizza from Domino's. I could cook. Like, I made, like, a, I don't know, some weird what's left in the fridging meal last night. And I bet you what's in it cost me right, four or five quid. And there's four days worth of dinners in there. Mm-hmm. So what that is is—that's is one of my big fitness industry bookers. Oh, eating healthy is so, so expensive. No, you just look at the crisps and chocolates and shit at the end of the supermarket aisle and go, oh, look, it's a pound, or the pizzas that are a pound. You haven't mm-hmm. been bought like a Tesco pizza. They're four or five quid. I'm like, you can make four dinners for that. Get over yourselves. hmm I, I think it's as expensive as you make it. You you can choose where you shop. You know, there's loads of like budgety supermarkets now that sell great quality fruit and veg. I don't think like the expense thing is an excuse. I think people just need to get smarter with how they how they approach it.
0: But people can't cook nowadays either. Like exactly. I do find people don't. You know, you know me. I always have a big thing about seasoning.
1: Yeah, there's no reason not to season. Having Amen. Just- Having just come back from the Caribbean, I'm like, yeah.
0: Now you understand, yeah?
1: yeah <laughs> All the seasoning for everything.
0: But <laughs> People don't understand that and I'm like, and I think that's why they see fitness food. Yeah. Healthy food is being...
1: Yeah, you know, everybody looks at the bodybuilders on Instagram who are eating their chicken and green beans and brown rice that they bought from the meal prep company.
0: Yeah. Like,
1: these meal prep companies are absolutely cleaning up. Absolutely cleaning up. And I'm like,
0: really? But is that because of the perception that people don't have time to cook?
1: Yeah, and you know what, right? If you don't have time to cook and you're a single person, I would absolutely go, yeah, yeah sure. You can prep my meals for me. Why no not? problem. You can't yeah. cook. You know, fine. You know, I see a load of people who I think, well, actually, meal prep probably works really well for you. You know, I've been to a couple of these, like, we've got a couple of, like, local ones to the gym now. And I've been a couple times and well, I'm like, that's alright, but... It's not a gourmet meal. Like, if I was going to go and spend, like, I don't know, I think I went in one and it was about seven quid for my lunch. And I'm like, man, no wonder people think eating healthy is expensive, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was okay. It wasn't horrible. Um, It wasn't the best food I've ever eaten. It wasn't the most tasty food I've ever eaten. It certainly wasn't as (laughs) well-seasoned as it would have been if I made it home. (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know? Because, I don't know, I, I think people just anticipate. You see, the, you see the bodybuilder types again. It's that, like, who's the most jacked woman in the gym or the most jacked guy in the gym, and you watch them eating out of their Tupperware containers. So you, you must eat out of Tupperware containers. You must eat cold chicken and broccoli and rice or cold chicken and green beans and rice or tilapia because it makes your skin look thinner or some bullshit. That the <laughs>
0: they still do, though. There are some people that do that. I've never heard that one. That's a new one for me. Thank you.
1: I'm that. I'm I'm trying to remember who it was, and I was like tilapia because it makes your skin thinner. What? Yeah. Makes it look more translucent when you when you're on stage, doesn't like,
0: it? So what yeah. you can see my insides kind of thing. I no,
1: I didn't know, but no <laughs> idea. But I I remember I remember hearing this like fish thing and going. But then all the bodybuilders in the gym were the same fish, and I was just like. That's how it starts. Yep. Because the most Jack guy in the gym's is eating tilapia because he wants to look better on stage than so everybody else is eating tilapia.
0: Which is why, like, the hit, the kind of the trend of hit, which just won't go away, just won't, just what I mean, hit, hit jars me, something chronic, not because if, of it not being useful, but, like, we were doing circuit training back in the day. Yeah. And it, it's just the same thing, and it's like, oh!
1: Yeah, I, I do think right i worry that hit is marketed so particularly looking at like the online programs that i've seen a lot of over the last couple of months with everybody's locked down at home you know like the i don't want to bag on les mills but les mills online programming. Um, what's the jumping around shave that do insanity Yes, um, and that type of a type of a thing is marketed to people who are too self-conscious to go to the gym,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and people who are probably in their houses looking at all these like beautiful-bodied people going, that could be me, that that could be me, and then they do it for a little bit, and, and the problem is because there's nobody there, kind of going, ooh, Sharon, that lunge looks a bit dodge. Before five minutes have passed, like Sharon's dislocated her shoulder. Or she's got like a really niggly ankle injury, yeah. or and then they go, "Oh, exercise just isn't for me." Yeah, like they've paid a hundred and something pound for this thing, and and it's that thing, isn't it? It's like these these programs will tell you their success rates, they don't tell you their failure rate, um, and the you know the, the biggest thing with all that like hit stuff is is everybody wants to make it jumpy around. Like for most people, just like doing a squat, body weight one, standing up, sitting down, standing up, sitting down, is plenty. To start with, if you're if you're starting at like the rank rank beginner, I'm a little bit, I you know, I'm overweight and I just need to start doing something. Yeah, I think hit gets romanticized, and you know they've seen The Biggest Loser and people sprinting on treadmills and doing hit training and puking in the gym and crying and and they so desperately want that to be them. And they're like, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. So they part with all this cash, program comes, they do a couple of weeks, and they're like, can't do that. No. Like I did a Gillian Michaels DVD when I was 110 kilos. After the warm up, I sat down for a cup of tea and biscuits because I was knackered.
0: <laughs> I'm watching the rest. Yeah, I I did insanity I I did once. That.
1: I did the warm up and I was like, I was hanging. Yeah, I, so did,
0: like, I did. I, I didn't did Yeah, I did insanity once and I was like, no, this is not no, this is not, no, no.
1: But but the, it's not. That's the problem though. It's not for everyone and. I think the problem is it's marketed with broad brushstrokes to people who are desperately hopeful. Um, you know, hope is, hope is not a strategy. Hope is, hope, hope doesn't get you where you want to get to finding a thing that you can enjoy and turn up to over and over and over again without getting injured. That's the big thing with like the hit market is like, it's all jumping around stuff and,
0: it burns sort of fat.
1: and punishing and attacking and jump at this and insanity this and attack that and, Whatever. that
0: and break that burn that fat oh
1: shit yeah (laughs) and that's a pretty great for me because actually like I don't think I could I don't know I'd I'd say I'm reasonably fit but I don't know that I could get through an insanity workout without like crying or puking or feeling really really shit if
0: somebody
1: if somebody wants to send me one I'll give it a go and I'll do it I'll do it on live stream and you can see how long I survive right if
0: I can get hopefully longer
1: than the Jillian Michaels DVD is
0: if I can get ten people to reply to this, then you. Yeah. yeah, I'll do. It. I'll <laughs>
1: yeah. like it on Facebook, and you can watch me die. It's All right, cool. All right, I can't wait. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I would say I'm reasonably fit, but I watch some. I like I watch some of the adverts and go. Mm.
0: Nah. Yeah, it's a little bit like spinning as well. Like I think um, spinning obviously seems to be quite glamorous now. You got Peloton, and the rest of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm still looking at people with. You know their seat, their pedal to their seat isn't done properly. They've already got hip and glute issues and lower back issues, knee problems. I'm like, oh!
1: And Peloton. Oh my god, how expensive! I hmm. was that. My racing bike didn't cost as much as a Peloton bike.
0: And it's a, and then they end up as being like clothes pegs. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. We've all had a clothes peg exercise bike.
0: Oh. Or yeah.
1: in fact i might have had two
0: fair enough it.
1: I'm, like, I'm not gonna use that anymore oh i had a vibrating plate as well
0: oh <laughs> the vibrating plate yeah it melts fat i had,
1: I had a vibrating plate too yeah you're to still it eating crisps
0: exactly that exactly that so just to tell people as well like where you where you're based and how your gym looks and
1: so i'm based in the midlands um in a dark currently dank uh, Nottinghamshire town um, we 've got a little personal training facility we run semi private and then sort of larger group personalized training um, with a focus on strength and fitness and mobility mm-hmm. um, because as i've as i 've developed my own kind of sense of personality I suppose in the fitness industry i 'm um, more comfortable with like what my definition of fitness looks like now mm-hmm. so once upon a time I was kind of largely influenced by the people around me and what the fitness industry trends were doing. And, you know, and while I'll still, I'm still aware of what's going on in the fitness industry because it would be silly not to be, I'm, I'm really clear now about, you know, the people that train in my gym will be able to get up off the floor when they're old. The people in my gym will be able to take on, you know, if they wanted to go and walk up a hill, they, they wouldn't stand at the bottom looking at the hill going, I don't know that my body could get me up to the top of there and mm-hmm. um, you know if people want to go for a run then they'll learn to run but they'll learn to run in a way that will help them manage their injuries um, and you know but ultimately we still have a massive focus on structural strength because strength training is really important so we try and balance all three elements of of that into I suppose, some sort of program that aligns with their goals, you know, so if people want to run, we'll teach them to run. Um, I did think it was really ironic this week because I was out teaching people to run. I'm like, how have I ended up teaching people how to run? (laughs) Well, you probably have. One point on learning to run, though, right, that's massively, massively important and underplayed. Stop trying to run so frigging fast. Like, when you start doing the Couch to 5K program and you've got to run for 30 seconds, you don't have to run for 30 seconds like Linford Christie. You have to run at a level that you can still talk, you can still breathe, because it's going to take you to. You've got two minutes then, or however many minutes to recover. And if you're still blowing out your ass after two minutes, because you're not fit and you're not a runner and it's all new, the second time you do it, it's going to feel like shit. And then the third time you do it, it's going to feel even more shit. And by the time you finish, you're going to hate running because you can't do it, and you just fulfil that circle of I'm not very good at exercise. Like start out flipping slower. If you start out slower, you're developing your aerobic system. Even for some people, even a fast walk is better than starting with running. Start at you've got to slow right down. Once you can run or jog or whatever, like premise it looks like for you. Once you can jog for twenty minutes, you can worry about speed. Once you once you've developed that base level of fitness, sprinting for thirty seconds when you're fifteen stone. It's not, you're not going to recover fast enough to do it again. And you're going to keep fulfilling this prophecy of, oh, I suck at running. I suck at running. I'm not very good at running. And you'll end up exactly like I was. I hated, 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 hated running. Mm. And everybody I've talked to run the last week, I'm like, right. Because they all train in my gym, I've, they've got a certain base level of fitness. So I'm like, right, we're going to start out with, we're going to skip the couch to 5K. We're going to do the Louise to 5K. Um, and we're going to start out running for four minutes. Because I know they can work for four minutes. We've done loads of stuff. But I'm running with them and I'm like, right, so let's slow it down. And if you can't talk anymore, we slow more. You know, the idea being that you keep, and by the time they've got to the end of their two minutes recovery, they're well and truly recovered and they're ready to go again. And yes, fine, it's still hard, but it's not as hard. And you get to the end and you go, oh, okay, I did all right today. Big tick. I feel like I might be able to do that again, but with a little bit less rest. So rather than trying to kill yourself just to get good at running, Slow the hell down. Slow down. Don't run so fast.
0: I think though that people, and this is a really big thing. I see this with my clients as well. It's like they need to feel like they're top of the class, doing all the all the tough exercises.
1: Yeah, and that's and that's fine. But like, you're not even de- you're not even developing the right aer- you're not even developing the right cardiovascular system if you're running so fast. You can't recover in two minutes. Yeah you know and I think people miss that point because it's not it it's not a well-known fact like running is good for you yes running sprinting is good for you if you want to be a sprinter or you want to get faster but when you're learning to run you need to run at a conversational pace so find a mate who's a little bit overweight wants to learn to run with you go for a run together but go and like chat don't don't make it so punishing and that's the biggest thing that I wish if I could go back two years and go I'm going to learn to run I would have learnt to run, and enjoyed it far more. Yeah. Knowing, knowing now what I know, um, but every, everybody wants to run too fast, and I'm like running with people going, just slow down a bit. They're like oh, I need to stop and walk now. I'm like no, you don't. You just need to slow down. You know, I'll run according to my heart rate on the treadmill for like an hour. I ran for two hours on the treadmill according to my heart rate, and every time my heart rate went above where I wanted it to, I'd just slow down. Mm-hmm. You know, so I set out running like nine minute forty miles, and by the time I'd done. I think I was at 10.52. I ran 10. I covered 10 miles at the time I was running. But over those 10 miles, my pace slowed down by over an, a mile a minute because I was trying to keep my heart rate in check. But yeah, that's, that's the big thing for people is like everybody wants to run too fast. Um, and, and when you first start, it's really hard. Like your body is not ready for it. You, you're just not prepared. And you set up running and you're like, I hate running. I'm crap. I really suck at running. I must look like a tomato running up the street because you're red and you're hot and you're sweaty and you feel self-conscious. And as soon as people slow down, it's like a, it's like a penny drop moment. You just go, now I get it. Now I get it.
0: I think that you could apply that analogy to pretty much every form of training.
1: Yeah. And dieting.
0: Yeah. People just, I not calories today. Yeah.
1: I'm never going to eat a takeaway ever again. You know, and everybody wants to go a million miles an hour at better. which is cool, but you know, it, and it does come – like, my perception of it does come from me hating running so hard. Um, like, I, I just didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. Now, now I find it, like, the easiest out of the three because it's less fappy because um, you just put your shoes on and go. But everybody needs to slow down. Like, you know, you didn't gain five stone overnight. You're not losing it tomorrow. Amen. Yeah, you, know, you start not on Monday. You're not five stone night by Friday. Well, why not? Because it took you a long time to get there. Granted, it's damn so easier to put on than it is to get off. Or it seems that way. The perception yeah. is that way. It's yeah. not at the exact same speed. It just perception is that it's it's much easier to gain weight than lose it. Um, but with everything fitness, people need to slow down. You don't need to squat a thousand kilos in the gym to be you know. You you don't need to run the fastest. You you don't need to diet the hardest. You, you're not getting any stickers. You're not getting any badges. You know, dieting is just about how hard you want to suffer. You know. And how long you can suffer for before all the wheels fall off. Like, I know if I dieted on 1,200 calories a day, I probably would have made it through a couple of weeks. And then I'd have been like, screw that. Where's the pizza? Where's the crisps? You know? And I would have ruined it for myself. Whereas dieting on 1,800 calories a day or 2,000 calories a day, depending on what I was doing, made a massive difference. Yeah, fine. It was slower.
0: Hmm.
1: But I could still eat the fun stuff. You know, if I wanted a bag of crisps, I could fit in.
0: Yeah. And I think that's a really big point. Like I put, I put my clients on higher calories and they're like, what? So much? I'm like, love, you're probably eating triple that already currently.
1: That's the thing, right? And they <laughs> don't realize because there's no accountability and there's no tracking. And once you start weighing cheese and you realize what 30 grams of cheese looks like, you go, holy shit. <laughs> Oh, I thought I'd been eating 30 grams of cheese the whole time.
0: No, you've been eating 120 grams of cheese yeah. the whole
1: time. You ever put granola in a bowl on the scales and go, anybody see the granola in there?
0: Yep, cornflakes, like yep.
1: 40 grams serving of granola is like...
0: It's like that. Yeah.
1: I'm like, man, I eat more than that on top of my yogurt. Exactly. You know, so like weighing stuff goes goes back to that tracking thing of like it gives you more flexibility you can do more fun stuff but it's also so eye-opening when you realize like what the calories are that's in stuff you go holy shit i've been doing this all wrong all the time like you weigh your pasta out and go oh
0: oh pasta is a big one. Oh, there's like, there's like, there's like this much mince and like that much pasta yeah,
1: yeah i used to work with a guy who used to eat like a whole bag of pasta a night wow and he's like, I don't know why I'm not losing weight. I'm only having pasta and vegetable tea. And I'm like, send me a picture of your pasta. But then he's putting a great big knob of butter in it as well, like yep. with oh, brand. Of course. Ahem. Uh-huh. We have we have found the solution. You're eating 500 grams of pasta a night. That. That's a thousand calories, dude. And um, very quickly we we ironed that one out. But like the first time you weigh it and you look at it, you go, that's not enough food. And then you cook it and you eat it, you go, oh, actually, I'm not hungry anymore. Hmm. And that's the other thing with dieting is people, people like to eat till they're full, not till they're not hungry.
0: Yes. Eat, they they want to eat too. I think that's, that's a, a lot of programming and, the, yeah. you know, your mum told you, you know, make sure are you, you eat enough. Yeah.
1: Up? Well, well, I could eat more. Like, I ask my kid now and I'd be like, are you full? She'd go, is there pudding? <laughs> She's never full until the pudding's done, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and. And because I've always had a, a big appetite, I've had to focus massively on like low calorie, high volume food to kind of fill me up a little bit. But as I've, as I've eaten less and less over time, like my perception of when I'm full has changed. But that was another, I don't know that came, that might've been a James Clear thing as well. Um, it might have come from somewhere else, but like eating until you're not hungry versus eating until you are full. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something I've used with our with our clients a bit, you know, you don't, have to be, you don't have to be stuffed, you don't have to be full to kind of go, okay, I'm finished now. Yeah. So they did a, I don't like Michael Mosley, and I don't like any of his diet programs.
0: Oh, is that the 800 calorie fasting diet?
1: Yeah, him. Yeah. Um, everything he does on the television makes me want to throw stuff at the TV. Um, so I don't watch it. But they blindfolded one of, one of those type of programs. They blindfolded people and told them to stop eating when they'd had enough.
0: Hmm.
1: And what was really interesting is the table next to them, they had people who were sat No blindfold on, eating the same meal, and everybody sat at that um, that other table, ate more food because they could see it. Because you eat a lot, like you eat a lot with your eyes. It's vision driven. Like I grew up in a house where you've eaten. Oh well done, you've eaten all your dinner. Go get some pudding. Yeah. Not. Hold up! You left your pasta. You can't have pudding now. So almost stopping stopping eating is a condition. Is it's that conditioning thing, isn't it? It's like you're almost punished because you didn't eat all your dinner. So you can't have put in because no. you didn't eat your dinner.
0: No. So you've got to eat it all off. Yeah. And and you you've can't save you it till there. tomorrow, can you? No, no, no. no.
1: You've, got, you've got to play your plate when you're a kid. Um, you know, I've tried, I've tried so hard having, you know, having a daughter myself now to not implement that and kind of go, you know, if you've eaten your dinner and you want a yogurt, that's okay. If you've left some pasta, I'm okay with that. Just eat until you've had enough. um, Because obviously it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? You, you kind of learn by by things that you've realised were problems for you. You know, oh, I'll still eat my, I'll still eat all my dinner.
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Whereas she'll eat and she'll go, I, I don't really want any more. And I'm like,
0: okay, Fair enough.
1: Whereas I'm like looking at my plate going,
0: hmm, is there I better,
1: more? better finish that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. So. Just tell the listeners where they can find out more about you. If they want to know more about your journey.
1: Where can they find me? I am on Instagram. I'm trying to be more consistent with that. Um, Louise Warboys Fitness on Instagram. I'm trying to be more consistent. So if you listen to this and you haven't seen me post, you can message me some shit. That's fine. Um, And I'm on Facebook, Louise Warboys Coaching. And then we've got the gym. Obviously, the gym website is the Factory Fitness um you can find you can find some bits about me on there but louise Walbois fitness is kind of where i'm trying to share like my journey and the i suppose the the unglamorized version of like what the fitness industry looks like you know so on days where i don't want to don't want to do stuff i'll tell people i don't want do stuff on days where i've eaten like a dumbass i'll tell people i've eaten like a dumbass um you know and trying to trying to make it so that the the fitness thing is more more accessible but you know like, I won't just post pictures of me eating burgers and wearing bikinis and, like, running in. I, what was my thing that I posted last week that was... Oh, the one you
0: got, the one you posted this morning or a couple of hours ago was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. The girl fishing with, like, his little...
1: Fishing, running Like, she stood there and, like, her ass is hanging out, she's holding a fishing rod, and the hashtag is running. I'm like, who runs with their ass hanging out, and who carries a
0: fishing rod when they run? You'll be surprised. I reckon if you Google it, you'll find it.
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and buy a fishing rod. I'm going to go out for a jog with my ass hanging out this afternoon.
0: Um, Instagram that, it'll go viral.
1: That's it. It won't. Um, no, last week there was a woman in like a G-strip. That was it. She was wearing practically a thong and like this little cropped up thing. Hashtag running. she got Air Force Ones on. Who runs an Air Force Ones? Nobody because they're heavy as shit.
0: Well. got some Air
1: Force Ones and you're not allowed to crease them either.
0: You,
1: to, you can't crease them so you have to walk like a robot.
0: Yep, dush, dush, dush. Yep.
1: But who's going running dressed like that? And who's going running a thong? That is not comfortable.
0: I've never tried it, so I won't know. Well,
1: <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't run just a thong. I have run in one. There are You know, it's not.
0: Yeah. It's underwear.
1: As underwear, it's cool. But I, would, <laughs> I I just don't understand. Like, stop following Instagram people who just post the most ridiculous bullshit. Like, just don't. Uh, yeah. So, so my Instagram is where you can find me the most. And um, we curr- I'm currently having a website built so that I can like write a little bit more longer, longer content stuff um, to kind of help people on their journey. But yeah. So I'm I'm social media, but I don't do Twitter or what's the what's the new trendy one?
0: I don't know. Twitter, Twitter, LinkedIn, TikTok.
1: That's it. The the TikTok thing. I don't do that.
0: Yeah, I haven't got time for that. I don't have time. Um,
1: yeah, I don't think. I don't know. I don't think I've got enough personality for TikTok and I don't want to do stupid dances. Um, <laughs> the other one? Snapchat was a thing for a bit. Um, yeah, I
0: haven't got time for that either.
1: Like, like whatever, whatever Gary Vaynerchuk is doing this week, I'm not. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm still on Instagram and Facebook and that is it. I'm yeah. on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. I understand kind of how they work mm. to a point. Yeah. Um, and then we're having a website built. So. Awesome. A website built, but yeah.
0: And that would be louisewarboys.co.uk. Awesome. I think. Well, Missy, thank you very much for coming on and, tell, tell us and sharing your journey. This has been awesome. We'll have to get you back and rant some more.
1: I was going to say, I think, we could, I think we could probably just do another hour on fitness industry ranting.
0: Well, maybe that should be in the next, the next time we get, we get, we can hook up and get this on. We will yeah, do, yeah, yeah. we'll do a, yeah, we'll do a fitness industry rant.
1: Yeah, I've got loads to rant back.
0: Oh well, I, I I'm sure I just sit here and just lie back and listen.
1: Wait, I I look at your Facebook post in the morning and I'm like, ah, oh, we could rant about that together. <laughs> yeah, about that because the, stuff you, the stuff you post makes me go, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah, yeah that's annoying.
0: I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to be so um, confrontational nowadays. I'm trying to be a bit more zen.
1: Yeah, I know, but I do think I I do think putting like that message out there of you know there is another way. You don't have to hate everything you do. Exercise doesn't have to suck. Dieting doesn't have to suck. I think more of us need to find a voice because I think it's real easy to hide behind, like, I'm a big famous bodybuilder or whatever. Um, there's not enough common sense noise getting out there still. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, the more people that post stuff like you post um, and like I'm trying to post, the better will you know, we'll be the fitness industry in the long term, trying to steer people away from, Let's drink the magic coffee or let's take the magic tablet or I don't know. Rub, down
0: the road. Rub
1: the, rub the weird oil on your feet because that's going to make you lose weight tomorrow. Apple um, cider
0: vinegar and all that crap.
1: Yeah, you know, let's, let's try and get people out of. You don't need to spend a thousand pound on stupid supplements or, you know, diet bullshit.
0: No.
1: You just have to turn up and do the stuff. That, yeah. That's kind of my take home message for everyone is you just got to turn up and do the stuff. And it won't it won't always be sunshine and rainbows. Some no. days it'll suck, but you turn up and do it, and that you'll get there.
0: And that's a perfect way to leave it. I think that's the message. I like that. Awesome, Missy. Cool. Thank you very much.
1: No problem. Anytime.
0: Thank you very much. And if anyone's listening, you remember to just a message or to leave a comment because obviously we want to see Louise do her insanity on Facebook. So I'm looking for. Don't you thought I forgot about that? <laughs> I didn't forget so awesome so yeah thank you very much for coming on Missy and we'll catch up soon see you soon. soon bye bye